Fingers and Pies podcast brought to you by Melon Freight UK. Welcome to the third episode of the Fingers and Pies podcast. We have a familiar face in Tommy Watson. How you doing, Tommy? Good. All good. Yeah. Obviously, I am Zach. We're here with... Charlie Boss, how are we doing? Very good, very Who good. Who is the CCO, uh, Chief Commercial Officer, am I right? Yes, but... Oh, got it right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so many letters. So, so which one's about? The CCO um, of <laughs> Southampton Football Club. And the setting, for those watching on YouTube, yeah. um, obviously you can see it, but for those that aren't, we are... In one of the boxes here at South End, uh, South End, South End Football Club. <laughs> here he goes. I knew I was going to do it. <laughs> I've said South End about three or four times. I love it. Damn it! Such a good start. Right, you know you're going to cut that out. You? You're not. You're going to keep that in. You've got to keep that in. You've got of to keep that in. Of course they're going to. Is it any coincidence we do for uh, some work for South End United Football Club as well, who exactly, are very very yeah. close to us down the road? Um, we are in a box at Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly did it again. Southampton Football Club. Um, I've never been here. I've never been here. Never I'm been a here massive football fan. I've never been here. When I saw the announcement uh, that Merrill were going to be on, on the side uh, of the shirts, I was super excited. Cause I was yeah. like, oh, this is brilliant. This gives me another opportunity to tick another stadium off. Um, what a setting. It is lovely, isn't it, this place? Oh, it's an incredible stadium. Yeah. I was uh, saying to you guys before we got started, my favourite thing, you might just see it in the YouTube video, yeah. is the apartment block in behind the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. They painted it red and white, Southampton's colours. <laughs> so yeah, the whole, I mean, Southampton is a one, mm. ta- one club city. Yeah. And so yeah, this place, yeah, this football club is the heartbeat of the city. Yeah, it um, really is. And I was, what was it, 33,000, 32,000, is it? 32,000. Yeah, about 32,000. 32,000. Yeah. 32, 32, yeah. And it is, I'll tell you what, on the TV, it looks huge. <laughs> like, it looks huge because Southampton, I grew up with the Dell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, where the camera would look down on the player literally taking the throw in on the near yeah. side. Like, couldn't quite get them. Yeah, in, couldn't like, quite get the angle for it. So I grew up with the Dell. And then obviously St Mary's is is, is incredible. <laughs> and on a match day, yeah. you had a little bit of an experience recently, Tommy. Yeah, where we you were, actually got to experience yes. what it was like in the centre. Yeah, it's one thing you, you're at the ground and everything. And it's one yeah. experience, and then yeah, we, uh, within obviously our sponsorship, we've got a couple of match day sponsors, sponsors. Yeah, yeah. And um, which allows us to go out just before kick off and have a picture in the middle. And uh, me and Ash, um, our business development manager, walked out yeah. and. Yeah, you suddenly go, oh, okay, yeah. This is this is a different different vibe when you can you're in the middle of it all. And, but uh, it's a great atmosphere. It's nice because like a bowl, so you get like yeah. good atmosphere. It's a good family club, and it's uh, it's great. Well, yeah. I can I can tell you, and this tells you a lot about our football club. Our groundsman will not let me anywhere near that pitch. <laughs> I've, I've never stood there, Tommy. So you've Don't, done something I, was, that I, I only aspire to one <laughs> wow. day. I was we were sitting in the box before we came went down to the pitch side, and. Um, my boy was the mascot for the day, so he was out kicking a ball about. I was like, you're nine, you don't realise what oh, you're getting know, right now, yeah. because that's a dream. That is. Um, and he is loved it. it. Like, there was a picture of me and my wife just standing watching him, just, he was running around, and it was fantastic just to see that. So that was really cool, really right. cool. So, seriously, yeah. like, to, to be on a pitch like that, I don't think, yeah, that is a proper treat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, uh, Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, 
Let's a little bit about um, why we're here. I mean, well, actually, first things first. We're the Fingers in Pies podcast, and Fingers in Pies was meant to be about business people, all these people doing different things, and you know the saying, "Got your fingers in lots of pies," etc. You have certainly this year. We'll come on to that in a minute. I'm sure you have as well. Balancing life and the CCO of, of, of Southampton, but we've also got some pies. <laughs> so feel free if you're feeling hungry. No pressure. That savoury pie is not just a pork pie, it's a hog roast pork oh, pie. Oh, there um, you go, look at that. A very well-known supermarket <laughs> chain. And I was like, oh, hog roast. They're a little bit more expensive. About 25p more than the <laughs> normal. <laughs> no, expe- oh, no expenses. What's the difference? Because obviously a pork pie and a hog pie, I gen- both pig. Well, I genuinely don't know. I think they just uh, see an opportunity cooked. to charge us yeah. 25p more. I should have got, got both. Yeah. I should have got both to, to compare. Taste the difference. And obviously we have good old Mr. Kipling. I don't mind. I mean, maybe we'll be sponsored by Mr. Kipling in a, in a, Who knows? a couple of years. We'll could, see. Could be the way it could 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 be. We keep on putting pies on the table. Um, so so yeah, that was the, the the name of our podcast has become of some sort of amusement to a lot of people so far. They're like, why did you do that? I was like, no, me and Tommy weren't even drinking at the time either, I don't think. But uh, we come up with it, we're sticking yeah. with it. Um, let's talk about how we're here, um, here at Southampton um, <laughs> Football Club. How's this come about? So obviously, we know that uh, this is obviously... Things by podcast sponsored by Miron, so we know why we're here in that episode. But a little bit about um, you, Charlie. Um, I was talking to you just before we started. Um, just about a year you've been here as, yeah. the, as the CCO. So, yeah, so my, my first formal day. So I've been around the club since about January last year. Mm. But my first formal day was um, beginning of April. Right. And the reason why that sticks so firmly in the memory is yeah. exactly two weeks later, this football club was relegated from the Premier League. Right. So my first job was. <laughs> write the plan of what we do on the day if we get relegated against Fulham. Wow. Um, which was... Uh, interesting first day. Interesting <laughs> first day. So I spent two weeks writing this plan um, and, and two things happened I wasn't expecting. So when I wrote the plan, I expected a lot of anger. Yeah. You know, this club had been in the Premier League for a long time. Yeah. Really deserves to be on that stage. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I kind of had a plan to make sure we got everyone, first priority, out of the stadium safely if there is this really sort of sad moment where we go down. So two things I didn't plan for. Um, one was on that day, our Prime Minister, Rishi, decided to come and join us. And so in the, in the box with us, in the director's box, we had Rishi. And frankly, it was brilliant because you know, he was smiling away and everyone was sort of looking at him and talking about him. And that kind of took the attention away a little bit. So <laughs> the headlines the next day were not Southampton relegated from yeah. the Premier League. It was Rishi Sunak goes to Southampton <laughs> Football Club. Um, but the other thing, which, which I think is really important is, I didn't get that anger. Actually, what happened mm. here on that day was about 70 minutes in, our fans started leaving. Mm. And what, what I really felt like was apathy. Mm. And so you know, every, from that moment on, everything we've done has been, how do you get this football club connected back with its fans mm. and make sure that you know, this incredible city has the relationship with the football club that it, that it wants and needs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, God, what a, what a first day. What a first couple <laughs> of weeks that is. Jesus. I, sp- I suppose it's a, in a football club, you see it with successful clubs in a way that everyone has to buy into it, including the fans, mm, right? Yeah. So like you say, it's, it's more than just, just what happens on the pitch. It's the staff that work within the club. It's everything from, you know, people doing the cooking, the looking after yeah. everybody in hospitality to, you know, absolutely everybody within the club buying into the same direction of where you want to go with it. 
And so I suppose that, and it seems to me, everything that I've experienced is that everyone is buying into what that you guys are trying to do within this amazing club. I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you're a successful businessman, Tommy, and, and you know that, that, that guiding, like everyone being on the same page and going the same direction makes, makes everything yeah. go faster. What you forget about the football club, that's not, to exactly your point, it's not just the people who are employed by the club or the 11 men or women who play out there. It's also the fans and it's the businesses that kind of interact with us. It's the whole community. Yeah. It's a very different sort of um, organisation to your average business. Um, and uh, it's a big responsibility. Yeah. But yeah, touch wood, I don't think this is really wood, but touch wood, um, <laughs> I think we're heading in the right direction. Indeed. Um, let's talk about how it's come about for you. So yeah, you're sitting I mean, here. Because um, <laughs> we've, we've mentioned it, probably even mentioned it in the other podcast we've been in yeah. the chat because we've chatted for so long. Um, how has this come about? I mean, I know you've got a little bit of a football, well, you're a football fan, essentially. Oh, but, yeah. Huge football fan, love the sport in general. But yeah, it's, it's quite interesting, actually. One first thing I'll start with is when it actually got released. Obviously, I, we never had anything before that you get feedback or you get comments on social media and different things as a, as a company because we're a small sort of local business as such. Um, I think one of the comments was saying about shame it's not a local business that's, that's they've, is on the side of the shirt. Obviously, when you Google us, we have our head office, which is in West Sussex, just south of Gatwick. That's fine. But the main point of everything is the brand new warehouse, or we've been in for a year now, which is based seven miles away. So we are a local company. And it is about trying to get our name out there. And we thought, what better way than work with the local football club and and try and and do it that way. And and that's it. The mentality and everything that we do and who we align with as long as it works in that same direction or you're going in the same direction, you'll work well together because you have that, you know, yeah. common goal as such. Yeah. It's got to be the right fit, isn't it? You exactly. Can't just be, and in this day and age, I think gone are the days where, you know, football and sports um, sponsorship, you know, from, from, from being involved in it with, from the outside looking in, gone are the days of just the logo somewhere. You yeah, know, it's got to mean more than that. Yeah. It's got to have yeah. the, that that right feel, right? Exactly. And look, the local the local bit is really important to us. Yeah. We were very deliberate in going down to the championship. We we knew we had to bring more local businesses yeah. into the club to help create that connection. Yeah. It, it feels really real. I mean, you know, I've met Tommy's dad. I've met mm. his family. You know, they come here on a match day. That's a really authentic relationship yeah. that we have between Merrill and, and, and the football club. Um, and that's, that's something that really matters to us. And you see it not just with Merrill, you've got Draper back on kit, but a whole bunch of partners here who, who feel like they are of a vested interest in the success of this football club. Um, and that's going to help us do, do better faster. Have you told him that you were a goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah, I mentioned it yeah. a few times. You can, you can tell, look at this. I bring my gloves every week any, just to see if I... Any danger of getting a game? Well, well... Gavin, you're not knocking Gavin out of that spot. No, I'm not knocking he's, Gavin he's out. He's pretty but, good. <laughs> but I'd, I'd, I'd love to have a session session in the net and, uh, and have a, you know... I'm feeling. I'm, get the gloves back I'm thinking on, of some content here. We get, <laughs> we get, the only thing is, I'm, I'm worried about a knee injury. That's the only thing I'm worried about. Well, yeah, yeah, But I think there is an agreement within at the end of the season as long as, depending on playoffs, if yeah. not needed or whatever, um, I think we have an opportunity for um, 90 minutes on the pitch. So um, we're gonna kind of utilize that as well in, in the charity side that we work with, like the Alzheimer's Society with my mum, and try and raise some money through, you know, getting some team, a couple of teams together and, and having a match. So it could be quite a good one for the local charities at the same time as 
yes I will be putting the clubs on that would be brilliant <laughs> brilliant I love that we're going to do for the, the local charities but we really want to laugh yeah just, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> about a GoPro and the goal that's yeah we absolutely should create some content get, off that let's get a ringer in for the team oh, is that Adam Armstrong playing up front yeah. this year that seems a bit much so, yeah. Yeah. I think the plan is that I've sort of managed one of the sides and then underneath just have my kit on just strip last five <laughs> minutes to start right I'm on just want to get out there I can see you as a manager though as well actually I managed for seven years when Did I stopped you? playing, yeah. Of course, yeah. So I managed. Yeah. I managed a local team that um, that my dad's chairman of, uh, Cookville Rangers, and uh, so I managed them for yeah about seven years after I stopped playing. How so did you get on? Yeah, good. Were good. you alright? First cup final for the club. Got a couple of promotions. There you go. Yeah. So, what, what was your manager fun. outfit? That's the bit. Yeah. That's the bit I think about. Did you go like trench coat, tracksuit, or tracksuit? Yeah, oh, exactly. Tracksuit. With, uh, I, was, I was a bit like that but back in the day as such when I was a goalkeeper as well it was pretty much similar I had my long johns on and my socks pulled over just to keep me as warm as possible I do remember playing a game it was at Horsham and it was on a Tuesday night a bit like this conversation we had about Stoke on a Tuesday night but <laughs> it was about minus two or something and I had my gloves on and they were starting to actually freeze <laughs> and I was having to do this couldn't feel my hands at the time and I was just having to do this and they were crunching I was like yeah this is it's not fun, but yeah, it was just boots, footy socks, tracksuit bottoms, and a big comfy There jacket. we yeah. go, the manager. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That is a first. Well, I did not know that you More had a... More of a man management. That was, my, that was, my, that was that how I roll, yeah. yeah. Better with a one-on-one conversation just yeah. to help. Because every player is different, right? You see yeah. it, you must see it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, in the squad. Yeah, yeah. When you see it on a pitch these days, anyway, on TV, you can tell players that will react really well from getting a kick up the arse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some that will react better arm around the yeah. shoulder you know yeah. so yeah everyone's a bit different but Absolutely. it was good fun I really enjoyed it yeah, yeah, really we enjoyed well it. to be honest there's no chance of you getting the job here just well, no, no. because <laughs> I mean, of the run they're on we have to mention that quickly <laughs> um, what a run it's oh, ridiculous it's I've been literally like they're, they're a banker every time, yeah. uh, every week at the moment. I'm not putting a bet on them, though, no, because that's it when it'll stop. That's when it goes wrong. Yeah, well, yeah. 20 games unbeaten. If we, yeah. uh, if we win against uh, win this weekend <laughs> against Swansea, then that's going to be the, the club record. Yeah, because it's equal now, isn't it? It's equal at yeah. the moment, which is incredible, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a massive testament to the work Jason Wilcox, Russell yeah. Martin have done out there. Yeah, and they've held on to key players right you, you see this in the championship you know we're not going to make this a match don't get me wrong I'd love to be like a match of the day pundit right now and just talk about football the whole time um, <laughs> but they held on to key players you know yeah. is that, that are set for the Premier League right and should be you know and that's why this, this club should be uh, in the Premier League and fingers crossed they get there but they held on to key players and it seems as though they just they are literally every week seems so at home here excuse yeah. the yeah. pun um, and it is becoming a bit of a fortress, this place, right? It really is. It really, yeah. the last few results here have been like, like, really extraordinary. I think yeah. that that result on the weekend, um, I think, was the best we've played all season. We've been great. Mm. And it's worth saying as well, it's not just the men's team, right? The women's team. Yeah. You know, our women's team are only six years old, really, yeah. in, as it's part of the club. And in that time, they've earned several promotions. They play mm. in the second run. And they're right in a, in a promotion battle themselves. I saw, I saw on the uh, socials, actually, a couple of their goals from last week. They were insane. I, mean, I was yeah. like, I'd have been well happy with mm. that finish. Yeah, Honestly, yeah, yeah. They're, they're an incredibly good team. They, we had Arsenal here 
um, in the Conti Cup. We yeah. had about 14,000 people watching it. Yeah. And yes. we took them, you know, right, that game was in the balance until injury time. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the best clubs oh, in, awesome. in global yeah. football. Yeah, yeah. 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 Europe. Yeah. Uh, and we got a chance to do it again, actually. We drew Manchester United at home in the Cup. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So, um, so you know, we, you know, we're just working out exactly where we're going to play the game. But wherever yeah. we play it, yeah. it's going to be another opportunity to show that this team is you know, mm. right up there with some of the best in the country and yeah. Marianne Spacey Kale who runs that team is one of my favourite human beings <laughs> I had a chat with Marianne uh, just a quick one when we did the tour and yeah she seems lovely but again it, it buys back to the same point right everyone's in that same exactly. direction and focus of where the club wants to go yeah. and that works all the way up and throughout all, every single team from the youth setup, mm. everything working in one direction mm. if you have one that's going a different direction it's not going to work mm. exactly. everyone's buying into it and everyone's working the same way it works really well and it's the we had a we were fortunate enough to do a little bit when we with one of our other clients when we were in Scotland um, with Hearts and Hibs ladies teams and we were talking about the evolution of you know women's football at the moment the women's game is is just skyrocketing right yes. and 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 like you say as a the CCO and as you know a, a, a club that has got a global <coughs> reach for being in the Premier League so long. Um, how how does that sort of then transition to, to fans? You said fourteen thousand. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Like, are we seeing that just grow and grow and grow? Is it ever going to stop? I think you know the women's game is it it, it, it could go through the roof, right? I agree, and we're in a really special moment right now. Mm. The lionesses, yes, and the amazing yeah. performance in this country in the Euros, yeah. the amazing performance at the World Cup. I think there's never been more interest in women's yeah. football, yeah. and the, the the job now for the clubs and there's a new league. So WSL will say as it is, but it's going to be run now by a new independent body, not by the mm. FA, because they want to have the right experts in to take the most opportunity. Right. So you know, I, I can see a world in 10 years' time where we're talking about women's football as you know, the second biggest sport in this country after men's football. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's that far off, to be honest. No, it won't. But I mean, considering, I mean, I've got a daughter, you've got a daughter. I mean, they're... I mean, netball's still the sport played in school predominantly uh, yep. at the moment for, for Ava and, 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 and she loves it. But that, like you say, the popularity of football um, yeah. just outweighs any I, sport globally. So it, it, would, it would work, right? Yeah, definitely. And yesterday, actually, my, my daughter played in a football tournament yesterday. Yeah, like, no, really? So instead of just trying to find another school that has a girls' yeah. team, like there were six, seven, eight schools, I think, yeah. like that were all there with a girls' team. Mm. With more than enough players, there are plenty of subs. There was more girls taking interest in it all, and that all does go back to how the lionesses have done. Yeah. Then obviously, you know, seeing what the the women's football in general is doing mm. in the league and everything. And like you say, the crowds are just getting busier and busier yeah. and busier, and soon there'll be bigger stadiums needed. Yeah. To 100%. be able to, you know, to do it, and you don't go. Actually, when are we going to play these? Because we we need we can fill this at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So you got to play yeah. them on different days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I I think it's it's so exciting. It is so lovely to have that as well as an option. Yeah. For for, for for little girls now up and down the country, because let's face it, it wasn't it wasn't an option when I was growing up. Really, it was considered the you know, second sort of fiddle. My first job in sport, I worked for the Football Association, and one of my first responsibilities was doing the marketing for women's England matches right. before they were known as the Lionesses. Yeah. And we played um, England versus the US with the best team in the world. Mm. That game got played in Leighton Orient Stadium, mm. um, and we didn't sell it out. Mm. So really? if you take that to where we yeah. are now, where when God. the Lionesses play a big team like that, yeah. they're selling out Wembley. Wembley, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's 
God, that, that's in, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm old enough that sort of 15 odd years ago. <laughs> that's a lot of change in 15 years. Wow. But even I think it was, uh, one of my first games that I really watched was, I think it was England-Canada. I think it was the Euros previous to the World Cup, a few couple of Euros ago. Mm. And I got it to the semi-final and it was like, okay, started taking interest and more and more people sort of took interest in it. And, but again, it was at a smaller ground because the competition in general wasn't getting the, yeah, the yeah. sales. Yeah. And then it's just grown and grown. And I think that was like seven years ago, you know? So, yeah, yeah. and it's been like that. It's just skyrocketed, yeah, right? Like, it really has. It really has, yeah. But it's yeah. only great for the sport in general. Everything from grassroots. Yeah. Right? It, and it helps both sides of the boys game. Because my daughter, when she was playing, mm. was playing in a girls team that I coached mm. um, in a boys league. Yeah. And it was great yeah. because we were beating a lot of teams. <laughs> and, uh, there are a lot of parents because that, that Sunday morning football is youth football. Oh, I know. Uh, parents let loose. I know, yeah. I experienced that a little bit just at the weekend gone, but we won't, we won't mention it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the women's game is only a good thing. I think there's, there's people we've seen in the news recently very closed off to it. Um, some well-known people, I think, just personally making a bit of a headline for themselves rather than oh. actually participating in the actual debate of it yeah um, there's no debate as far as I'm concerned um, it's a game and it's in, in, in its own in, in its own right women's football's on the on the up and you can't stop it I mean warped views like that from people who have played football as well yeah. uh, can only be someone looking to make a headline it cut it I think it's more the fact that he's got a podcast launching soon and he's going, I need some exposure. That's it. Pretty much. That's I it. Think he's trying to be controversial. What absurd thing are we going to say here to make sure that fingers and pies just rock it? That's what you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. So, Don't put us in the spot here, Jimmy. <laughs> right. we're, we're not getting Joey Barton on. That's all yeah, I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> I don't know why I was exploring, uh, not mentioning his and name. And here he is. And here he is. <laughs> Joey Barton. I'm going to chuck a pie in. <laughs> Genuinely, I've never had so much hatred for some one oh, man in the last week. Incredible. Because... Like you say, I think people with a brain can see through it. They yep. know yeah. that he's uh, he's looking to make a bit of money, probably appear in Piers Morgan at some point and stuff like that. And and you yeah. know, and he was always looking to to hit the headlines when he was on the pitch uh, for the right, wrong reasons as well. So yeah. you know. But like you said, I don't. I don't you've got to tune these voices out. I mean, you can see for yourself watching yeah. the matches. Mm. I mean, we're a championship club in the women's game, yeah. and we're playing football that is fun to watch. Yeah. You're saying, oh, you watch some of the goals from this weekend. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. amazing goals, right? Yeah. So, you know, we don't we don't need to worry about what no what what who says what. We can we can yeah. see for and ourselves. That's, and that's the beauty of it. In 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 completely counterproductive for his argument because the backlash off it <laughs> will 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 be. Heavily, you know, you'll get the minority of people that, oh yeah, yeah, I agree with it, but you'll get the absolute overwhelming amount of people go, that guy's an idiot. So as long as it's that way round, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's I, the thing. What I love about the women's game actually as well, like, is you see, we went to a couple of the, um, well, I won't say the Amex, but we went to watch the uh, <laughs> last year. The, I've uh, already mentioned Southend United. It's fine. with the quarter final and um, and. Uh, it's just so nice. We took all the girls there uh, from the football team, and a few of the parents went, and it's just a family atmosphere. Right? It's really nice. And obviously, I've been, as people know, I'm a West Ham fan, and um, I've been to Old Upton Park, Ooh. and the whole uh, yeah, <laughs> whole Upton Park vibe, for example, was uh, a little bit different, <laughs> right. shall we say? 
but so, um, it's nice. There's it's, something it's in good. that as well. The you know we, we have di- I knew we digress. We digress on women's football now. It's going to be the, the whole podcast. Um, <laughs> but there is something in that in terms of, and I guess you've got to be more commercially aware uh, than us because you're, you're living and breathing it. But there's something in that we know, you know, growing up around football, what a football crowd's like, right? We know yeah. how passionate fans can get. We know the chance. We know everything. It's it is what it is. But you go to a, a to a women's game, you go to a netball match, you go to even obviously rugby transfer. It is a completely different vibe, yeah. completely different family sort of atmosphere where there's no warning needed before you go in to the little boy. By the way, you might hear some choices yeah, like yeah. going. It's a completely different thing. I know people that have been to the women's games. I haven't actually been to an international one myself, um, but it is a great atmosphere. And I, as I'm getting older, and I've got kids, etc. And whilst I love, you know, a certain club, Chelsea, I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm not... The Cut, I should stop podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not actually, <laughs> I'm not actually the diehard that is all about, yeah, you know, yeah. giving my opinion in the most ridiculous way with, you know, expletives and stuff like that. I actually will sort of be able to take in a game and watch it and actually appreciate if there's some good football played by both teams, yeah. but support my team um, in that way. So it is quite a nice atmosphere to go to. Going to from 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 a from a Saturday watching you know Southampton versus QPR for example, and then going to the the women's game must be completely different. It is, and look, I think this is the most important thing for the women's game is that we shouldn't keep on comparing it to the men's game. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's so thing, hundred percent. And so I think the moment we stop defining it as what it's not, where it's not like the men's game, yeah. the quicker it will grow and become really yeah. loves its potential. It's its own thing. Right? Exactly. I think that's a good thing. Obviously, splitting itself away for as well from the league and how how it's run mm. and how they want to flow with it it's exactly right and that's, that's exactly know. it right they're bringing in a, they've brought a fantastic new CEO who's an ex-marketeer from Nike who I think's got right. a vision for just making it what it can be in its own way yeah. which just bring it back to the men's game actually because yeah. I mean you're absolutely right that there's all these different parts around how do you create the right match experience for different kinds of yeah. fan because what, what Tommy wants for his family what you want if you're coming by yeah. yourself with your mates is yeah. different yeah. Mm. so this week we announced some really major changes here at St Mary's yeah. so um, we are going to turn the northern stand which is the stand just here yeah. you can't see on YouTube but trust me it's there <laughs> um, that's currently split between some of our most passionate home fans and our away fans mm. We're going to turn that into a wall of white and red, of just home fans. Right. Um, it's where our most passionate fans can have an amazing experience yeah. tailored to them. Yeah. Um, and they can create this wall of noise that will just define the atmosphere here yeah. in the stadium. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, what I'm really hoping we'll get is a chance to almost reimagine the role so that we can super serve different types of fans in different places. Mm. So that Tommy knows when he comes to the game with his family, he sits in our family stand and he gets an experience that's perfect for his kids. Yeah. And there's activations around it. And as his kids get older, there's a place for them to go. And then eventually when they're in their 20s, maybe they turn up there in the yeah. in them. Yeah. Um, and as Tommy gets older, or he's here with his dad, he goes to a different part of the stadium yeah. where he knows that the whole experience is made comfortable and enjoyable for them. Yeah. And I think um, this stadium is now, you know, it's a wonderful stadium. It, it's a little over 20 years old. Mm. And it's time for us as a club to just invest a bit into giving it its next big lease of life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah, yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see how you have to evolve. You know, I mean, you can't just stand still. Can't stand yeah. still. 
always moving forward. Or was it moving um, forward? What was the, yeah, what was yeah. the tagline? We march on. We march on. So close. So close. But, uh, no, but, but, but I mean, like, there is, that's exactly it. And we're, we're in a really lucky position as a club that we have an ownership group yeah. that is always looking to invest and how it can do yeah. that. Mm. Um, and that, that's the first time in a long period we've had that. So we had it, you know, going back a fair while to, to Marcus Lieber, who essentially saved the club when we were last in this sort of position, in fact, League mm. One. Um, but ever since then, we've had ownership that, for various reasons, hasn't been able to to meaningfully invest. Right. Um, and, and now we're in this world where yeah. we have got that. Mm. Um, and it's um, you know, so it, you know, I, I didn't expect almost coming into this football club that following a relegation and everything that means financially for the club, we'd be talking about major investments in the stadium. Yeah, I think that's been um, that scene from the outside as well. Because uh, I was as I was driving down here, I was listening to Peter Crouch podcast. <laughs> I don't mention other podcast, but. <laughs> a little bit, little bit bigger than but yeah, the one probably. podcast hosted by someone taller than you, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um, he, they actually mentioned Southampton and only had good things about to say about the whole, obviously the run that they're on. Mm. Yeah. But at the same time, um, everything in the background and their understanding of what's what's happening and saying that it's in a good place. So even from the outside, it's been mm. seen as a really good thing as well for a club. Yeah, yeah. And talking about, again, a club being set and have its right ideas that it wants to go and the places it wants to be and, and everything. So um, yeah, it's definitely been sort of seen from the outside as well, which is great. Oh, it's brilliant to hear. Yeah. And it's fun to be part of. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I bet yeah. it is. Um, and Peter Crouch, one of his many clubs. He's a, he's, one of he's his a former many saint. clubs. Absolutely he's a former right. saint. Which I assume you two knew. Who are, are massive football fans? You knew that Peter Crouch played for Southampton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Massive football fans, then too. I have to say, I um, <laughs> I met Peter Crouch in March. So before I joined here formally in April, I was working for yeah. an organisation called the Jockey Club. Okay. They run a lot of um, big horse racing events, including Cheltenham Festival. Uh, and so it was my last event before I left for Cheltenham Festival, uh, and that, that always attracts quite a few celebs. Ooh. Um, and, and Peter Crouch was one of them, and he was walking around, but he didn't want to, he wanted to be not noticed. So he had a flat cap pulled down. I was like, you're Peter Crouch. Like, you're, you're Peter Crouch. I mean, literally. Yeah, who's, oh, the, who's the guy with the flat cap? He's a foot taller than everyone else. Yeah, like, who's that like, guy? Like, nah. Because when you see a tall person now, people go, oh, he's must just be as tall as Peter Crouch. Yeah. So yeah, they're yeah, probably yeah. like, that's oh, him. Oh, Peter Crouch is a barometer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's right. it. It's yeah. him and Tyson yeah. Fury, I think, that people will probably use as that sort of yeah. barometer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, Tommy, obviously. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you. Which, um, right, well, I mean, you say that, it's, it's fun to be part of. Um, I wanted to talk about, I don't want to get too um, serious, but I was thinking about this because obviously, you know, having followed football and have followed the documentaries that we see, you know, I think we've had, you, we've had, uh, we've had Wrexham, obviously, we've had uh, Sunderland, we've had Man City and all the all or nothings last all, etc. It comes with a great responsibility working at any state, at any, any part of this football club, but especially as the CCO. Do you, do you feel that responsibility because you've got not only 32,000 or 33,000 that pack this place, this is, like I say, we were talking about, this is steeped in history, this club. You know, this is like a global brand. As soon as you were in the Premier League, which you have been a... Southampton are a fixture of the Premier League, let's face it. They're not in the Premier League at the moment, but they are a Premier League club. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they are, that comes with a lot of responsibility. Doing anything of change it to does. such a big club. It, it absolutely does. And it, and it weighs quite heavy on you. Yeah. <laughs> How do you deal with it? <laughs> well, actually, actually, genuine stories. I talked about that... Um, uh, about joining in April. So I, I got announced back in January last year because I, I signed my contract and I came to my first game 
um, which, uh, which was a, a cup game um, against Lincoln City, uh, Nathan Jones's first home game. And that morning, a press release had come out saying Charlie Jones. And, um, and as I sat in the front of the director's box for the first time, a fan in the stand looked up at me and went, you're something useless, Charlie. He said my name, so obviously he must have seen wow. on the website. And I thought, God, I haven't even started. Well, you're not wrong, but I haven't started yet. Um, <laughs> Wait to figure that and out. And so the reason why I say that is like, you do, like, you know, there are so few, let's look at, Mr. Look, look at the lovely Mr. Kipling Cates yeah. that, that are in front of us here. Right? Yeah. Like, that is an amazing brand, but there are very few people in life who so deeply care about Mr. Kipling yeah. that they will shout abuse at the commercial director selling yeah, yeah. those into Sainsbury's. Mm. And yet we work for an organisation where everything we do is under this mm. microscope. And that, rightly, we think about every day. Because mm. if we didn't, we'd be doing the wrong things. Yep. So, you know, we have a fan advisory board who we meet with regularly. In fact, they were in this exact box um, for our first home game um, in the Cup in January. Um, just spend time with us. We're constantly, we don't make a change like that Northern Stand change without talking to them first. Yep. Um, but also, it's our job to make sure that we're, you know, we're being brave, right? So, if you just did what was going to be universally popular, you'd do nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, a quick browse through social media yesterday will tell you there are lots and lots of fans who are incredibly excited about the changes we're going to make. And there are other fans who are thinking, what does that mean for me? And is that the right thing for what I want from my experience? Mm. It's our job to, to be brave, but to, to make sure we think about all of them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is it. I mean, like... I don't, I, I actually was going to remember my next question, like how have the fans sort of, because you will get those fans yeah. that will just be negative and think the people at the top have not always got the best intentions. And it's so hard, I guess, because in this day and age, you need to be as open yeah. as possible, right? I mean, everyone wants to look in well, It must to be your so club. hard when, I don't think of it, I run, you know, run mayor on, <laughs> I don't suddenly make a decision and worry about 1.3 million <laughs> social, you know, Insta followers, yeah. their opinion on it. Not, yeah. not yet, when this podcast not really you takes off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you in that world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you you know, yeah. You'll be cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that must yeah. be such a unique experience to have that, where yeah. you, you're constantly, like you say, under the microscope in a way. Right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I've been very lucky. I've worked in sport for most of my career, and, and, and so I've always had that factor mm. and I think the, the key thing is making sure you're always thinking about it because if you haven't thought about it mm. you're not acting in the best interest of the club yeah. but you can't be held hostage to it either because as I say you know I know whatever I announce tomorrow there will be people who love it and people who hate it and that's you know if you if you only if you live in that fear factor right if you yeah. just obsess about people being you know, annoyed about things, you wouldn't do anything. But you've got, you've got to have a thick skin as well. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty relaxed if a bunch of fans don't like me or what I'm doing, as long as I feel really confident in myself. What are you doing right? Being open with you guys, the one, the one group I do feel for, being an owner <laughs> in football is tough. Mm. Now look, it's hard to have sympathy for owners because they're rich people yeah, who yeah. are buying these assets we all love, and, yeah. and, and as a result, they are under the scrutiny mm. more than anyone. But the reality is, as an owner, you are a wonderful owner if you're winning and you are a lousy owner if you're losing. Yeah. So last year, I, I spent a lot of time with Sport Republic, who owned Southampton Football Club, and they were, trust me, no one was more upset about what was happening with the club than they were. Um, and and they, they did their very, very best and acted in what they thought were the right things to try and keep this club up, it didn't work. But they were very, very unpopular. 
And only now that we're on a big winning run are people beginning to, to feel like it's working. That's football. They knew when they got into it. Mm. It's a tough gig. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough gig. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I, I've sat in that, that box when I, yeah. when I came that day and yeah, it's pretty open to the, uh, <laughs> to the elements of the fans. And I think last season, obviously, it, it wasn't going so well here. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, you know, can you imagine the, we spoke about it like you just constantly <laughs> can yeah. get stuff thrown at you yeah, yeah. not physically but yeah, you know yeah. um, but wow. and then that comes in so I mean we've talked about the balance of you know you got to love what you do right I mean there's going to be days obviously yeah, yeah. we all have yeah. those days you know when we're like oh god I want this day to finish I want to go home and watch <laughs> some telly and take my mind off it um, but you know, majority of the time, you've got to love what you do and live yeah. and breathe it. I mean, there's that, it can't just be a job for you then, I guess. I mean, like, I'm the You've luckiest man in the world, right? Yeah, most people think, oh, I just can't wait to go home and watch him of football tonight to distract me. I mean, this is my office. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I come here yeah. to work. It's, yeah, actually, um, I've got no sympathy for you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm very kind, it's about as big a privilege as you can get working in sport. And I love football. Mm. Um, and, you know, when I, when I come here on a match day, I try and get a bit early. I walk around all the different hospitality rooms. I walk around the, the side. They go to all the concourse. It's like, I mean, God, it's a privilege. Right? Mm -hmm. It's an absolute privilege. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm obsessed with it. In fact, it drives my wife nuts because yeah. um, her perception, rightly or wrongly, rightly, is that I have no hobbies because essentially my life is family in, the, in this place, yeah. <laughs> right, basically. And so you know, genuinely for Christmas last year, she got me like a box of like hobby trial kits. She was like, why don't you try doing these four or five Just Basically, it was a big sign saying, get a life, Charlie. Um, and I tried them all, didn't, don't do any of them. Did it? Didn't work, didn't work. So come on then, outside of here, what is your hobby? If you, if you... So, I, and this is gonna sound, I, I genuinely, I, I love sport, right? Yeah. So if I'm, if I'm not here, I'm going to a rugby match okay. or I'm watching the NFL. Right. Um, there's probably other two big sports I yeah. love. Yeah. Um, and I spend a lot of time with family, right? I've got, a yeah. little, like you, I've got young family. Yeah. Um, they're pretty time consuming. Yeah, yeah. My, um, my wonderful wife, we had our third last summer. Um, my wonderful wife has been working very, because we, we actually don't live in Southampton. Right. So I commute from Hackney in East London. Oh, wow. So she does a lot of childcare. Mm -hmm. um, and she's got her first weekend away um, just leaving on Friday, going for away for a few days. I'm petrified. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> what, what, what my hobby Help. is? My hobby is literally trying to survive with three kids in the house. Here you go, kids. There's some tickets to Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I took the whole family to Norwich on New Year's Day. Uh, I've got to, I'll tell the story very quickly. Yeah. Um, so my, in my head, it's gonna be wonderful, right? The five of us sat in the stadium watching my team play. Like how, what a privilege. Yeah. So um, first thing we get there and I'm told that actually babies under two aren't allowed in the, in the bowl. So my wife is left in a, in a kind of windowless room in the back of the stadium. Very well looked after, but she, sorry, so that's two of the five out. My, 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 my eldest is great, right? So he watched the game perfectly. I sat down, my five-year-old Ezra, he's a bit of a, a, a torrent of energy. He, he, he sit down, two minutes in, Daddy, I need the loo. <laughs> four times in the first half, four times. <laughs> Every single time walking past my boss, the CEO, um, Jason Wilcox, our football director, sorry, Phil, sorry, Jason, just, sorry, just me again. Yes. It was... Oh, stressful. It, it, it was one of those things where you think, I'm going to bring like, two passions, family and work together. Yeah. I won't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I love it Brilliant. you didn't realise yeah, the rules and see you go like, oh no. Yeah. I bet that was, I bet you were in the doghouse after that, I've just sat in an empty room. <laughs> 
<laughs> at the back of the stadium. Um, but yeah, that kind of brings us on to that that whole element of of balance. It these fans will ultimately, and you've got to, you'll put the pressure on yourself, no doubt. But they'll almost expect you to not have a balance. Mm. You know, I find that, like for example, when you're at the top, as it is, as you are with your business as well, to me, like you can't sometimes switch off because there's too much sort of riding on it in a way. Um, You can only do so much and you can't get burnt out as we've discussed. But I mean, how do you sort of manage that sort of element of like, I have to have some sort of break away from it? Or is it just sort of a a constant until you retire? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe this is because I'm lucky enough to work in sport. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah, the, the, the couple of times in my career I've been between jobs, yeah. I have been miserable. Mm, right. I've been sat there going, like, I should get back to work. And so, well, I'm not sure it's healthy. Mm. Um, and I'm not advocating it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And therefore, I, I love it. And I do think that that exists as a culture across this club. You know, mm. People are committed above and beyond the rational. Mm. There is genuinely one of my team who has the football crest of this club tattooed on their chest. Yeah. And, and he works accordingly, right? Like he, yeah. he works as if yep. everything he does matters. But I, yeah, it's, it's always hard when, you, when you're in a senior role. Yeah. I, I know you've touched it before on this podcast, but yeah. it, is, it is hard finding that balance at times yeah. because there's, the answer is if there's never a stop, right? It's not, oh, I've done my job today. And you know. That's it. I mean, you know, we spoke before about nine to five jobs don't exist anymore, like really. No. Um, you know that that whole aspect sort of changed and um, through COVID, I think in a way as well. Obviously, but industries determined different things as well. But and everyone's balance. I think there's no set thing for balance. Yeah. You know, everyone is going to be different. Yeah. Because everyone's job's different. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. it's finding your balance, like you say. You actually you're in a position where you enjoy it that much, and you know, obviously, family as well. It's it's a different thing if you've got say you're a single guy that's yeah. just this is the job. Yeah. Then there's no, not the family side to balance it out. Mm. It's totally different for different people, right? Because that will be right. I'm going to go and socialize. I'm going to go out and every, every night of the week and have dinner with different friends. And that's the balance, right? That's yeah. their relax. I, I love that, Tommy. Yeah, I, I, um, I once had a talk from a guy who ran, he was an amazing guy. He ran ABC Studios, which is one of the biggest networks in the US, owned mm. part of Disney where I used to work. Mm. Um, he. Um, had written, he's a novelist, mm. and he had five kids or something. And someone mm. asked him, how do you get work-life balance? And, and what he said, which always stuck with me, was, I don't strive for, for balance, I strive for perfect imbalance. So if you imagine the things yeah. you've got to juggle in your life, right? You've got work, you've got family, you've got your hobbies, your projects, you've got your friends, right? He said, I don't, I don't try every week to think, how do I balance those things? Mm. I go into it knowing that sometimes work will be the most important. There's a big change I need to deliver or a big project. There are other times where I know my family needs me more than anything else. And, and the key thing is giving you permission when you are juggling that balance to know, right, okay, this period, I'm deprioritizing that and I'll make it good to them, yeah. but I'll allow myself not to sit here feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've found myself feeling really under pressure is when I think I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Like I can't, I'm not doing enough anywhere. And then if you allow yourself to go, like, no, this is, you know, this is a key moment for, Southampton Football Club, we're on a promotion run. Yeah. The things we do now to find the next 10 years of this football club, yeah. that means I'm working bloody hard. Yeah. I know that I've got my wife and family support. Yeah. And I think that's also the key, isn't it, as well? Like you say, everyone working on the same page, that actually includes your family. Yeah. 100%. Because like you say, you're lucky enough to have that support to understand that if you turn around and go, this next six weeks is 
massive to the future and I really just need to do that but I promise I will be there afterwards and we will balance it out yeah and also learning when you're not doing yeah. it right if you make that mistake because you will mm, because exactly. you can get so tunnel vision on something mm. that actually you need pulling out of it going yeah I've had it yeah, I've yeah, yeah. Tom hello yeah yeah you know and I've gone okay yeah and you learn from it you go right okay yeah I need to balance that up a bit more um but yeah I think again it comes from the support system you have around you as well you know and it, does. it does it's huge they've always got to have it's amazing that you sort of end up with these people who just have the same passion as you yeah you, yeah you go home and like you say you just explain that thing you know the next 10 years of this football club with the final what happens in the next few months and you know and that goes with you and everyone around this club and then all of a sudden and those people you know your support network back in and Hackney you, yeah. you know they're, they're they're right there with you and they're on that they're on that journey and obviously there's going to be sort of bits that get in the way like you know, yeah. uh, you know bringing up kids and stuff and that, and that sort of problem is, is always stressful I want to talk about that actually the sports element it's something that we definitely do I know that you do and definitely something that we do is the competition now being in sport you just mentioned NFL there you mentioned yeah. rugby um, obviously I, I think my top three what are your top three sports Tommy? I've got like football I say boxing I say tennis is probably up there yeah my racing's definitely yeah, up there like yeah. um, my football yeah there's a go and if you had to have a third what would you be Oh, I don't know. Don't know. Football and racing is kind yeah. of my thing. I, 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 like I play cricket. Cricket's like one that oh, I've cricket. managed to carry on playing. Oh, nice. Up until nice. racing. So I yeah, played yeah. Sussex when I was a kid. Um, oh, and then yes, I played. You were a cricketer as yeah, well. and then I played. What is going on? It's sickening, isn't it? Yeah. Football, <laughs> a goalie at like Fulham or something oh, yeah. at one stage. Racing now, and you've uh, done a bit of cricket as well. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've stayed with one club with cricket. The thing about cricket, interesting, that was my go to as in after a week and luckily again had the home sport to allow me to, yeah, to yeah, do that yeah, um, yeah. but again yeah. realised actually that cricket's not a short game no and it's a long the kids long are game. growing up and yeah. I'm like actually it's not that's, that's all not day right. yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that's all day. but I had a great it was yes it was playing the sport but actually it was yeah. the people I was playing with yeah. you know they're, they're all really good friends that I've played at the Cookfield Cricket Club for yeah. 20 odd plus years yeah. since I was a proper youngster that's where I was born and sort of grew up and um yeah, it's been yeah, cricket was always my sort of go-to to to spend the day with my mates and stuff. And then yeah. I, you know, the problem yeah. was you then have a couple of beers afterwards and then yeah. find myself camp. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so yeah, I'd cricket. I'd say. Yeah, cricket would be the one. I mean, yeah, you. I'm talking about the competition. Yeah. So obviously, you mentioned you take in, you sign for other sports. I should imagine when you're in that sports, you're you're there for the sport, but you're obviously taking around how they do it, what's going on, this yeah. is what it's like, what's the atmosphere like, because you're probably not switching off, that yeah. kind of thing. Do you look at, obviously we do it, you look at, I should imagine, how other people are doing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a global yeah, yeah. sort of freight company, we look at other media companies, I'm forever looking at other people's videos and socials and stuff like that. Um, so where do you stand on you know, your Man Cities, your, your other documentary makers, your Wrexhams, yeah, how they're doing it from the grassroots all the way up. Like, So we love learning from them, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, actually there's a lot of Manchester City DNA across this football club. Mm. You know, Jason Wilcox came from Manchester City. Right. There's a spine of players who played at City. The style is informed, but not similar to the same way that they play. So of course you look at things. But the reality is, I don't think that's our competition. 
There's no, there's very few people in the world who are thinking, I'm going to go to a match this weekend and it's either St Mary's or the Etihad. Like, that's not, that's not happening. I don't, <laughs> Good point. I don't even really think the Ajax Bowl and, and, you know, and the cricket locally is a competition yep. because the Cezanity of it. That would exist slightly more if we were a London club, absolutely. But mm. because we're a one city club, mm. I think the competition we're fighting against is gaming, right? It's like what your kids do, right? Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's social media, it's gaming, it's streaming, it's the cinema. It's, you know, that's, that's the space we're competing for. Yeah. Um, and so I think our job is to make sure we have a really clear place of where we sit in that and we're offering things that, that are different. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I actually love about uh, coming here and as well. Uh, one thing I noticed coming here throughout the season is that it is such a family yeah. environment at the same mm. time. You know, you have your passionate fans, but you've also you look around and you go, There's there's full families here, which is lovely. Yeah. And being a one club city is Yep, got yeah, that the right way around. Yeah, yeah, I was the one there. One club city, one, one city, city club. Both, yeah. Both, yeah. One city both, club. Both work. Both Either way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you do, you get that yeah. family vibe about it as well, which is really nice. I, um, I think we are one of the leading family clubs in the country. And the yeah. thing I always love to talk about, um, and then yeah, you talk about media sense in the docu-series piece. Yes. So Southampton Football Club has its own docu-series, yeah. but it flies under the radar for people like us. So we've partnered with CBBC for the last two years to do a programme called the Football Academy, which is a docu-series about kids growing up mm. in our academy. You know, boys, girls of all abilities. Oh, yeah. um, so we've got now 30, 30 minute episodes, so two series of 15 episodes, mm. and it's consistently one of the most popular shows on yeah. CBBC. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you think about what makes Southampton special and unique, apart from our locality and our fan base, mm. um, I think we are an amazing family club, and that comes from having an academy that's world famous for turning potential into talent. Like, so famous. You know, like yeah. Bale, like yeah. Prowse, you know, yeah. so many of them, like Tiss. Mm. Um, but, uh, but also I think it comes from the fact that we are genuinely a family club and you feel it, right? 100%, and yep. Last 10 years, our season ticket holders have got younger every year. And more kids coming, yeah, average good. age got younger. You don't see that in most sports, right? Mm-hmm. Most sports, the people are tearing their hair out if they have hair. Um, <laughs> think about like, well, my fans getting too old, getting older and older. Yeah. Opposite here. Mm. Yeah, it's great. And the way they're playing at the moment, I mean, again, we've got to try and and, uh, steer away from being pundits, but the way they're playing at the moment is so suited to those of the Premier League, that when they go up, it will not be as big a gap as as, as people might think, because they're ahead of the curve in, in that regard. There are a couple of other teams as well who are doing all right, Leicester. Um, but, and, and have got that, again, they held on to a lot of their players, etc. But but this is what I'm saying. So taking, so for you, the next few months, yeah. um, you know, how are you, we've talked about long-term and short-term in, yeah. in, a, in a previous podcast. Yeah. You must have some short-term sort of stuff that you've got to get done this week. Yeah. But then you also have got to have that long-term sort of plan as the club has. Um, how do you sort of manage that? Because your long-term plans are very much dependent on some players yeah. running around down there banging it in the goal. <laughs> You're so right. And it's, it's a genuinely a challenge. And one of the mm. hardest things about working in, in club football, mm. you know, while I want to be, by nature, I'm somebody who likes to think long term and I'm yeah, always yeah, sort yeah. of mulling over what I want the next five <clears> years to look like. But, you know, most weeks we have a game or two at home to sell and to manage and deliver. And, and so it's, you know, it's intense. It really mm. is. Um, but to answer that question, I guess, so Jason and Russell 
of course, they need to think about the long term, but, but priority number one for them, as it is for all of us, is get promoted. Mm. I would frame it slightly differently for me. For me, it's not to get promoted, it's make sure that when we go back up, we go back stronger. Yeah. And so, you know, that means that things like the changes we just talked about means that whether we get promoted this season or next season or whenever it is, I know we'll go back with a stadium that's better, with an experience mm. that's better. Um, and, and that's what really sets us up for success. Mm. So I think going back up isn't enough, right? Mm. Because, you know, frankly, no one at this football club has an appetite to be going back up and then, you know, being a bottom club, yeah, 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 struggling. Yeah. We want to... Yeah, yo, yo, yeah. Yeah, we, well, we, we want to be a... You know, have the capability to be a top 10 Premier League club. Yeah. We want to have the ability to be a top six WSL club. Mm. That's, where those, that's yeah. where those two teams belong. Mm. And that means we've got to get everything right yeah. on the pitch to support them, away from the pitch to support them, and off the pitch to support the club financially to make that happen. Yeah. And it doesn't happen just like that either, does it? Like it takes time. So you're putting them, like you say, long-term plans in place. But at yeah. the same time, mm. you have to make two plans in a way because... We, you, there's no guarantee of going up so yeah. you kind of got to have a plan and they're going to look very different aren't they of course we are trying really you're absolutely right and look, I don't want to obviously talk about no. not potentially going up but Phil our CEO has been really eloquent in talking about the financial realities of, of playing in this league right? yeah. fin- you know, actually our, our reality is much less can we get money because we've got supportive owners our reality is can we make financial fair play work because we want to invest in this team mm. and that's that's not easy right and so you're absolutely right if we don't go up mm. our parachute payments go down you're going to have to do things differently yeah but we can't take our eye off the ball yeah that if that happens we don't suddenly go okay fine we'll settle as a championship club we need to get back up yeah that's where we belong um <laughs> we, we crossed over a little bit about the responsibility but i want to talk about football clubs in the community it might sound like a, yeah. a bit of a cliche sort of thing and a little bit but actually Funny enough, the, the the team I mentioned earlier, I know a couple of people that actually work in that in yeah. in, in, in the Essex area, um, and you see the big boys, your Manchester City, and then you also see some people that have been heavily criticised. The big boys are not doing it right. Previous ownership, perhaps at Newcastle, um, not necessarily being that community sort of led club, and you know, there's a certain ex-Man United player that goes on about uh, some American owners all the time as well um, but how important is that you said about the, the sort of Man City DNA and stuff like that it's how important is it one city club whatever yeah. one club city um, <laughs> we're still confused about that um, how important is that uh, for, for you guys schools you know integrating girls boys and then also that the, rewarding those people that are season ticket holders that come here time and time again, club sponsor, uh, sorry, um, like members as, as well of the club. How do you sort of balance that? Well, it's a great, great question. So we have an amazing um, charitable arm, our Saints Foundation. Um, it's one of the bigger ones actually in the whole country. So you know, despite getting relegated, I, I think it's one of the leading ones. Uh, and Greg, who runs that, um, they see a really clear purpose, which is how can they use Southampton Football Club to make a really tangible impact on the community around us. So some of the stuff they're doing has actually nothing to do with football. Mm. The only reason why it's so important they do it is because people will engage with Southampton Football Club, they might be shy to engage with something else. So as an example, they run um, a a senior saints programme, which is all about elderly people who've perhaps lost a husband or a wife, or they've got disconnected from their family and they're very lonely. And they organise a bunch of events to keep them fit, now, I went, I went for a walk with a bunch of them a couple of weeks ago. We just had a walk around a park in Southampton. Oh, nice. 
And yeah, it was these amazing people who work for the foundation and me tagging along just watching how they worked. But it was, it was brilliant. Yeah. And we do that with all kinds of different disadvantaged communities around Southampton in the immediate area. Mm. So that, that's an incredible part about you know, placing Southampton in the heart of this community. Yeah. And then you're right, it's the second bit then about how do you really kind of reward fans. And that's yeah. something we're constantly thinking about because you know, we have people who've been coming to this ground and, well, well since, since, it was, <clears throat> since it was built. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and for a long time before that, many yeah. of them. Um, and so there is, you know, it's, it's hard because while 32,000 is in some ways not many customers, it's too many for us to have an individual relationship with all of them. Yeah. I think our ticket office might disagree, but they've got a pretty good relationship <laughs> yeah. with all of them. But, um, but you're right, and, and we are always thinking about how do we, how do we make that better? Yeah, and it's, it, is the, it is a football club's responsibility, especially as big as, as Southampton, yeah. because whether you like it or not, people mm. will look to you. Um, it's almost as though, you know, the big local businesses, when you're in a small town and you're a big business, People always look to you. It's like, what, what have you, what have you done for us yeah. locally? Whether it be jobs, whether it be whatever. You know what I mean? They almost it was a responsibility. So as a football club, um, it, it's almost. And actually, if you go out there, I'm not pretending to be any expert on Southampton at all. You know, I've not spent much time here at all. But I guarantee, because it is that one club in in the place. There's everyone has got some story or someone yeah, they knew that played. Yeah, 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 someone they knew that played in the academy for a year. Oh, and he had trials there, yeah. and they, you know that Southampton Football Club will be on everyone's sort of lips. So it is a real responsibility that you have. Something that I don't necessarily envy working there, but also it must be so rewarding. Like you say, you don't feel like you're at work sometimes. It must be so rewarding, sort of doing that sort of stuff. Of course it is, and we, we don't shy away from it. If anything, yeah. I think we would like. Um, to play a bigger role in making sure that the city of Southampton thrives. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're, we're talking to the council about how we might do that. That, that I think it's a big responsibility, but, but also we have this amazing, unique power in this community that we have to use responsibly, but also there's so much good we can do with it. Yeah. And, that, that's that, like, and again, being transparent, that's both good for the community. It's also good for the football club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I think by, by making this place feel more connected to its community. Yeah. Well, I'll put it this way, this season, we're in the championship. We've sold more season tickets this year than we did last year in the Premier League. Mm. You know, we've sold out the last three games. We've sold more shirts. Yeah. That's because people feel like it's their football club again. Yeah. And that's no criticism of the past. It's hard in the Premier League because you're part of this big global product reaching this global audience. But that the magic of the championship is it's allowed us to reconnect with people who maybe had started to feel like this isn't my club anymore. That's um, so interesting because I've spoken to so many people who are fans of different clubs up and down the football league and they say a very similar thing. Yeah. They almost don't mind not... It's a bizarre thing. They want to go up and they want to have the dizzy heights but they don't actually mind sitting where they are sometimes because they're like, actually... It's, I actually quite like it. Do you know what? I was one of the things I think was a West Ham fan, obviously, or about 10, 12 years ago. We're sort of pinging in between, you know, Championship and, yeah. and Premier League. And um, I kind of didn't mind yeah. because it was quite nice to be able to consistently sort of be battling at the top and feel yeah. like that. But at the same time, it, you're in two things, right? You also want to see the best players in the world yes. up against your team. and getting one over on the lights of United and yeah and, uh, and Chelsea and teams like that I mean next season great. next season with Southampton in the 
Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> um, joined by Southend. No. Yeah, yeah, joined by Southend eventually. Jesus. How many years we got? Um, yeah, so was that the, you know, turning City over 1 0 here, the place will be rocking. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. As, as, you've seen, as you've seen up and down the country. So that, ultimately, of course, that's, that's the dream. And that's every kid that turns up here. We'll be like, what are you talking about? I want to play. I want to play against you know Highland and De Bruyne. You know, that's that's the, the kids on FIFA and all that sort of stuff. But there is that element that it's their club, yeah. so they don't mind where they are, providing it's you know from the outside looking in. Again, they don't know the ins out ins and outs of everything. It's run properly and seems to be doing those stuff in the. Don't actually mind sitting where that they are potentially in the championship or challenging for stuff and, and being competitive, which is a, a real bizarre outlook on it. Because as a competitor, you just want to you just want to win, right? You want to win and go up. So it's a, it's a bizarre sort of uh, outlook on it, I guess. Yeah, and don't be wrong, I, I unequivocally want to go up. Of course, I, like, I, I really, oh, yeah, of course. We course. want to be back in the Premier League, but but there's definitely been things that the championship let us do. Yeah, and I think you know we'll look back, and this is a, this is a dangerous thing to say because what happened to the club was really hard yeah. and, you know, and, and it affected real people's lives. You know, the people who worked for the club that we couldn't afford to employ anymore yeah. and that was so tough. But I do really hope we'll look back in 10 years time and go actually we are in a much better place than we would have been if we hadn't got relegated because we made some changes mm. that will set this club up to succeed in the long term. Mm. And that's, I think that's the lens we've got to have on it and, and then my big question is if we go back up we can't just chuck out all the good we've had this season. I right? can't be like fantastic, but now we don't care about local businesses anymore. And the community we don't care about, we're all about Asia. And yeah. that, that, that can't be what happens. Mm. If you talk about learning from clubs, there are some clubs in the Premier League that I think do a great job. You yeah. know, yeah. Brentford, where Rasmus, oh. one of our yeah. owners, came from, you know, they do a fantastic job of being a brilliant, well run community club that play at the top level. Yeah. And yeah. there are others too. Oh, of course. And, yeah. and, and that's where I'm confident Southampton will be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to just say about this. Sort of the other thing about the, um, what you don't see in a, as a, a fan, standing from a fan's point of view, is access to the likes of yourself in the club that you support. Like, so I don't really see people doing podcasts like this, so I obviously really appreciate you doing that. But I think it's great for the fans also to get to know you more mm. and you know, get to know who's actually running the club because you, yeah. you can relate then on certain things as well. Yeah. You know, which a lot of clubs don't do. Like, I, I wish you could see a bit more behind the scenes. Mm. Not behind the scenes, obviously, the necessity, you know, yeah, yeah. stuff you can't see, but yeah. just get an understanding of who the actual people running the club are as well. Because yeah. you get that understanding then, and you have a bit of, if things aren't going the right yeah. way, people understand that. Well, it humanises it a bit more. Like, exactly. I, I, will that, make mistakes. I will inevitably make mistakes, right? Yeah. Like, of course I do, I've probably made a bunch already, but if you get to know me as a person, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whether you agree with me or not, etc., you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. It, the one, the one downside of doing these things, I've done one other podcast that was filmed, and I did that from my desk at home. And so, as I said, I live in Hackney, and because I live in Hackney, my eldest son, who's eight, um, has adopted West Ham, and you and I talked about before, Tommy. So yeah. he's a big West Ham fan. Yeah. So I'm sitting there doing this interview, talking about my experience at Southampton. This is much earlier on in my time here, when I went to the club, and and Jude, my eldest just starts walking behind me and he holds up a West Ham scarf and he starts doing this in the background of the podcast. So rather than the Back to Post of Mary's, I have my family basically yeah. just like, you know, promoting, oh, promoting a different football club in the that's background. so funny. But again, that's the human element. <laughs> well, that's true, a human yeah. element. And everyone can relate to having kids, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I've, I've got a son, I now go to more Tottenham games than I do Chelsea because my son loves Tottenham and he yeah. loved Harry Kane, he loved the, uh, yeah. you know, his best mate supported Tottenham. I was like, 
not sure how this has happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the only good thing is that now they actually play some pretty decent football, so I don't mind watching it. Uh, but yeah, but that's 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 the human element that I think people are dial into. And I wanted to come on to that. Yeah. Social media yeah. Um, yeah. when running a football club. Um, you know, we're trying to trying to uh, running a, a, a social media so marketing content agency yeah. whatever you want to call us and you know we're a year on that we're a year old really into our so so sort of babies when it comes to it however you know i look what you know how many times have we looked towards football uh, for do a lot of our motorsport stuff you know uh, we're inspired by the the amazon documentaries with the first one yeah, they yeah. did nfl all or yeah. nothing and then all of a sudden Guardiola and Man City did it just when they got 100 points funnily enough that was a good one to do <laughs> um, yeah, and then Arsenal do it and all that sort of stuff Brazil have done some bits and it's some amazingly shot stuff right but social media just keep pushing the envelope yeah. don't they so you've always got that pressure of that side that fans want to sit now grab their phone and dial in to Armstrong, Walker Peters, etc., running around the training and yeah. seeing what they did, mic'd yeah. up almost. It's that you're always getting an insight that we never got as kids. And you're right. And, and again, it's hard, right? Because the, the, the millions of people that follow our football club, it is millions on social yeah. media. Yeah. They don't want the same thing. No. So you can't, there's no piece of content we can create that is perfect for everyone. Um, and again, we'll make mistakes. I'll, I'll give you an example of something that I think we're still trialling, but, but it's not been that positively responded to. So we started doing some additional behind the scenes content, slightly more um, high production quality. And we thought the best thing to do with that was to just make it available at a very low price. So pay 99p to watch this video. And a lot of fans rightly said, well, why would I pay 99p for this? Like I'm used to getting content from you for free. And I totally get it. Mm. And so yeah, the, the balance I have to do as the commercial guy is, is, is we need to make enough money as a football club to get this club back to the top level. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's probably a bit of a perception <clears throat> that the Premier League comes with so much money from broadcast mm. that you're fine, you can do whatever you want. Mm. Of course, that's not the case. Right? That money goes very quickly into players' salaries mm. and all the things you need to succeed when you get there. So, you know, look, if it ends up not being charging for content, that's great, but there has to be a way to, to monetize it. Yeah. Not because we're trying, we're greedy, we want to get as much out of the fans, but because we need to generate enough money to but, deliver on the hopes of our yeah, fan base. You're, you're putting more outlay out there and create more outlay to, you, you've got to bring it back some way or another yeah. you know and um, I think actually that exact point was made in the championship and Premier League last night actually when Bristol City played West Ham yeah. mm. um, we won't talk about result but uh, <laughs> I think before the game they, they mentioned that Bristol City's team was worth 37 million mm. and West Ham's was 440 mm. or something yeah, yeah. you know the goal's huge right yeah. and um, yeah I think that's uh, like you say it's a business as well like, mm. you, be, it's finding we've discussed what works, you know. And I, 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 I understand. So fans don't think of the club as a business. No. And they don't and think of themselves the as customers. And I, I understand that, and I think that's right. And so you, you're right, Tom, but you, you've got to constantly have that appreciation. But, but I think also, you need to be open with fans that the club needs to make money. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's right and proper. Um, as long as you do it in a way that's giving value. And so ultimately... Yeah. You've got to give value for it. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so if someone spends 99p on a video and they don't think it's good enough, that is a very fair criticism. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm. If they spent 99p on a video and they loved it, they just wish they had it for free, yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but we'll try these things. And, you know, and like we said earlier, that might be wrong. We'll, we'll work mm. out, do something different. Mm. But that's, I think that, that trial and error is going to happen, with, with, especially with content, and especially when you're dealing yeah. with such a vast uh, 
a varied group of people. Yeah. Um, you know, you, even if you just grab the 30,000 that are here and forget about the millions online, yeah. they're all going to have different opinions. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, I pay for that. And there's someone going, no, I don't want to pay for that. Like, what, what, I don't even know. And then some people are like, I don't even know how to pay for that. So then, <laughs> then there'll, be, there'll be people like, oh, how do I do that kind of thing? So there's a lot of different people you've got to pay for. So I don't sort of envy in there. But like you say, that adding that human element yeah. of we've done this, because of this and we think we're trying to give you value yeah. if you didn't like that we'll take the feedback on we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll try and give you value in another yeah. way because that is that is absolutely the way it's going to go you know a, a sort of every club has their own you know a lot of big clubs have their own channels yeah that you have yeah. to subscribe you have to buy into they have memberships that you have to buy into to get a little bit more in motorsport where we've yeah. seen it starting to push the the boundaries out there can we give people more fly on the wall content and charge would they pay for it or would they feel ripped off there's humans behind these decisions yeah. right it's not a big ogre that's like trying to take money off yeah and there's not a right it, or wrong either it, absolutely yeah, it's, so, it's, it's finding you yeah. know what works what yeah. doesn't trial and error yeah you know like you say everyone's gonna do something that doesn't work and yeah. it's wrong yeah. and you, you more than anyone will get backlash from what i would and from what we would and what we do but yeah um yeah so i don't envy that side of it. <laughs> but at the same time when you get it right as well that must, be that must be great because exactly you know getting that feedback good feedback from the fans and the people in the community for everything that happens be it in the football club or like you say around the community yeah. is fantastic to see right like you say when you went for the walk and things like that like it's a feel good factor that's why you love what you do <laughs> and where it is like any business if you're open with people about what you're trying to do and, yeah. and you're transparent it's very hard you, know, you can you can disagree yeah but you can't be angry with the person you know? yeah, yeah you'll try new products and services all the time and not all of them will work yeah. and some of your customers may or may not like them yeah but um but yeah, I think that's as long as you can show the kind of integrity, and hopefully, yeah. that's you know that's what this club can do consistently. Mm. Um, it's just show like, we're doing things for the right reasons, mm. even if they're not always the right decisions. So as we say about you know, being personal and, and making sure that people know who you are. Yeah. Three things that people wouldn't know about you. We can edit this out if they're, <laughs> <laughs> if they're too. Yeah. Okay. Three things people don't know about me. Yeah. So. Um, so, first one, uh, grew up in Hong Kong. So I spent my childhood in Hong Kong. Wow. Um, and uh, loved it, it was an amazing experience. This is, again, aging myself slightly pre-handover. Um, although my dad stayed out there for a few years after handover and we spent some time back there. Um, and as a result, I've been really lucky, spent a lot of time traveling in Asia. Yeah. Worked, um, worked for a long time for Disney and did a lot of travel around the world for them. So I, uh, well, I, I love Southampton and everything else. I've you know, got a bit of international bit to me as well. Yeah. Um, second thing, uh, so I'll do, I'll do, just I don't think people do know outside of the club. So I've got yeah, three little kids, mm. um, big part of my life. Yeah. So eight, five and one, yeah. Jude, Ezra and Arietti. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're fantastic. They're all completely different, like everyone's kids. <laughs> you know, uh, I think, I think Tom, you might have even met my eldest. My eldest is brilliant. Yeah. The other two are, you know, Etty's too young to know. <laughs> and Ezra is a, a, like a total typhoon. <laughs> yeah. The I, I, energy kids have just amazes oh, me. I know, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've gone to a women's game um, here against Sheffield United at the end of last season. I lost track of him, which is bad. <laughs> but, you know, we're, 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 it's all right. It's the third thing that no one knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't seen him since. No. 
I, I, I walk out, I was in a box, I walk out the box and I hear one of um, our catering team on the radio saying, it's a kid running out. He, he'd been running into all of the boxes and going, that looks, food looks nice. Taking that, next box, go, next box, grabbing more food. Fantastic. Just amazing. And that's I the thing, that. people in the boxes would just let him as well, wouldn't they? He'd be like, oh, yeah, he, can, he can have whatever. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. Um, and then one more, um, so talk about sporting love. Mm. So, um, so football fan. You know, actually, I, I grew up as a Chelsea fan. Mm. Um, I've actually, I was never that avid. So Southampton. Mm. I loved the sport, but never got mm. that strong. So Southampton has become mm. the one I look for the result for first now. The, the clubs that are, are very close to my heart is, is Bath rugby. Mm. So came back from Hong Kong and lived in Bath. Went oh. home and away for a few seasons, yeah. having a great season. Um, and then the Buffalo Bills in the NFL. Yeah. Um, again, my parents lived in Buffalo before Hong Kong. Oh, wow. I never lived there. It's a big Buffalo connection. It's just a connection. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to have that connection, though. Because, yeah. like you say, you exactly. just automatically feel like, okay, cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, when I was a kid, very, a smaller kid, Jim Kelly was the quarterback. They were very successful, reached and lost four Super Bowls in a row, uh-huh. and then had the longest drought of not making the postseason of any big American team. And then now back to being a very good team again. There we go. So, um, so I'm hoping there'll be a moment where. Yeah. You know, if they get to the Super Bowl this year, I'll, I'll go down to bar, yeah. spend it, watch it with my dad. That'd be lovely. Awesome. The, the American sports thing. Are you sold on it? You like the American sports? Mm, I I'll watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, it's more of an event, isn't it? Like yeah. it's no, it's like a day. Like oh, yeah. over here you end up watching it in the evening yeah, throughout yeah. the night. Yeah. So yeah, I do. That's I'll keep an eye on it, but there's no one I really no. sort of like back. And I think that makes it as a huge factor if in a different country, unless you've got that connection. If I had a connection to a, a team as such, I'd, I think I'd, hunt, I'd definitely yeah, yeah. be a lot more invested. The thing I love about it, and yeah, it's not the easiest game to follow. A lot of breaks in play often yeah. get saved. Yes. It's a complicated game. The one thing that is great is that everyone in that team is so super specialised. Yeah. What you end up having is you know, a wide receiver who's the guy who kind of runs on the side and catches it. Yeah. They are, they've done nothing else since they were a kid, but <laughs> run 20 yards and as catch. fast as they can, turn around Change and catch the ball. And they are, as a result, superhuman at that, right? Yeah, they yeah, can yeah, do yeah. things that, you know, no rugby player could because rugby player has to do so many different pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just think what you end up watching is this kind of team of superhumans. Mm. It's really interesting, actually. I was, I was watching, I see uh, Lewis Rees Samet has Amazing. gone to the NFL. Yeah. So, so I've gone to the try and be I saw in the NFL. So yeah, yeah he's, he's so it's kind of prodigy rugby. in Welsh rugby, very young, top of his game. 22 now. Yeah. And he's, that was always his dream, wasn't it, to yeah. be in the NFL? So that's what he's gone to try and do. Wow. Um, and, and, and his challenge will be, I, mean, I, think, I think he's got a real shot, but his challenge will be that the people he's competing against yeah. have done nothing but run these routes this certain way yeah, yeah. time and time again. And Christian Wade was the last rugby player to make that journey. He was yeah. an England rugby player. He, he did a similar thing, actually joined the Buffalo Bills practice squad, but never quite made it. Yeah, he was mm. about 27, I think, when he, he went over, time. wasn't he? So I think that's the one thing Lewis has got on his, you know, going for him. Being 22, you know, he's achieved so much. Okay. I don't think anything will affect him when it comes to the atmosphere and living like that, because he's played at World Cups and everything. And, and um, playing at the Principality, I mean, with 90,000 Wales fans was, yeah. is insane, right? Yeah. So, so um, it will be interesting to see like how he progresses and if he can make it or not I think he'll have to gain about 20-30 pounds as well like, <laughs> yeah. but he's 6'3 he's a big lad so yeah. we come full circle again we come back onto these kind of weird people yeah, who yeah. can play lots of sports yeah, incredibly yeah. well yeah, yeah. Back, back to time. I, yeah. I, I can do a bit of table football exactly. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'm great at Lifting. FIFA on the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny yeah. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at both my kids will absolutely destroy me really gaming's the one it's so funny the only the principal 
um, difference between uh, American sports and I mean there's a million differences uh, and over here is the promotion and the relegation thing oh yeah. when I when my brother my brother lives in Chicago he's yeah. lived there for years <laughs> right and we you know he lived there when Michael Jordan was at the Bulls and all that sort of stuff Amazing. so he lived through that and then when I go out there we sort of we've take, I've gone to see basketball games or whatever and it's just a, and they play so many games yeah. so it's a mm. real funny atmosphere when Chicago won me and my mate went and watched it and they, were, and they said oh they're playing Utah Jazz who are top of the league kind of thing at the moment or top of the conference I was like okay fine and so it's a tough game is it and they won they beat them but the atmosphere at the end just went home no one cared I was like why don't and I sort of nudged the guy next to me I was like they're going to win here aren't they he was like yeah it looks like it and it's like the Jazz sort of giving up now about like 15 points ahead I was like okay why does no one care like, why is this not like, we got to realise we play again tomorrow night or to the next they yeah. play so many yeah, games yeah. Yeah. and there's no real jeopardy so they don't really like the Jazz didn't really care that they lost because they were solidly in the playoffs yeah. and the Bulls didn't really care that they won it was a bizarre sort of atmosphere but they were wrong we had a great time it was completely different but obviously you can imagine Southampton beat top of the league in the prem three points means yeah. so much right yeah, yeah. that's the point every game has that thing when when it comes to us sport being so different like that i think it only you get them atmosphere in the playoffs right in the finals like the one exception i guess there, is the it? nfl because in the nfl you've got more scarcity right they play right. 17 games a season okay. that's yeah. it yeah one one loss can derail your entire deal. season yeah. Yeah. But, but then they have also got the postseason mm. which i again technically we have in the championship right there's a part of me that that dreads finishing <laughs> third to six for my own mental health well-being, but um, but there's something special about those playoff games. Yeah. You, but you are right. I mean, yeah, you know, all the other big American sports, your basketball, yeah. your, your baseball, your ice hockey, they just play so often. Yeah, mm. and there's not too much jeopardy. You say, oh, we lost yeah. that one. It's all right. Move on to the next one. Yeah. And I was like, literally, if this, I know he was saying, oh, what do you? He was saying, do you like soccer? And I was like, yeah. I said, if this was a home game right now, we'd just be top of the league. This place would be going off, and everyone yeah, yeah. would be like, "What pub are we going to?" Yeah. And, uh, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, it's a bit different now." And I was like, oh, "Okay, it's kind of one of those things." But that promotion relegation thing's hilarious. Oh, yes. They're like, "What? We've had a bad season. Your team go down." I was like, <laughs> "Yeah. yeah. What? Well, they don't play at the top anymore." I'm like, no, <laughs> they got to play another full season to get back up. They're like, "Oh my god, can't even imagine it." But this is the thing: the pain that the pain that we oh, go no. through as football fans. Exactly. What, what we're living through right now out there is, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, it would be very different in America. It's kind of <laughs> alien to them, right? Um, we'll mention one thing. Yeah, have a have a pie. No, no, no I was going to ask about what favourite pie. Oh well, we we'll, haven't. We'll get onto that. We'll get onto that. Let's get. I want to mention Go one on. thing about motorsport. Have you heard what this guy's I know, doing? I know. <laughs> so you're mad. out in a car. Update us. You're out in a car yeah. next um, week. Out on Monday. Um, yeah, te first test session on Monday, so that's so going to be, fun. I you're think gonna be going at forty miles per hour yeah, just around the track. <laughs> that it's looking like it's going to be wet, windy, and cold. So yeah, perfect sort of combination of everything. Um, but it'll get me out in the car, and then yeah, I've got everything else booked in: Silverstone, Brands, Thruxton, Donington, um, before the season starts at Sneston in April. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and just just want to get my head down learn learn and learn basically yeah. you know every time i get out of track i want to learn something new i want to you know pick people's brains and and give myself the best shot possible yeah but, um yeah it's exciting for sure yeah it is exciting it's um is it getting i'll ask you next week i think where 
when you go in the car for the first time and I'm like right are you nervous then? yeah are you like she's just sitting like oh no <laughs> because it's because it's Monday I think suddenly it has gone okay that's only a few days away. I'm obviously I'm quite busy for the rest of the week like yeah, so yeah. I'm just it's gonna fly by and I'm suddenly gonna be there again right okay race suit right yeah Ronan what, what yeah, are you coming in You're, like what's going on so um but yeah, just learning the process is just everything. Just trying to get myself comfortable with the car, mm. so that when it does come around, I'm I'm good to go. You know, that's uh, the exciting part about it. So can't wait for the to get to a racetrack and see this car yeah, hurtling. Totally insane. <laughs> that's <laughs> You're a madman. Okay. So we have to get we have to get Charlie down to Fruxton. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I can just about push my Peugeot 508 <laughs> with the roof box to 72 miles an hour. <laughs> that's my kind of threshold. I think maybe we should set up a day when, during the season, during the summer when I haven't got a race and where we just put a passenger seat in and go, Charlie, do you fancy jumping yeah, in? You know what? There's a we can record that. There's a definite crossover with hot laps, I think, with some Southampton <laughs> play. We'll have Charlie and the, the boys get down yeah, yeah. for some hot, get Tom Ingram frightening them or something. Now. Yeah, oh, 100%. That'd be great. Um, coming in. What's favorite your favorite pie. Favorite sweet pie. Favorite sweet pie. Oh, okay. I've got great apple pie. You can't. So I, I think I've got really boring tastes. I'm quite adventurous with food, but when you ask my favorites, like give me a apple pie, back to and I, I'll take to a, a like a pork pie. Yeah. Be my number one. Yeah. Love and pork pie. So savoury's pork pie. Savoury pork pie. Yeah. And then we had an interesting conversation. What do you put with a pork pie? No, so I, I just eat that. If I've got, you know, so I've got, I do a lot of driving for my drive, going from here back to Hackney and back, or on the train. So you're not putting the sources out. <laughs> yeah, package, yeah, exactly. drive with your knees. One, one of those, all good here precisely, but yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> just yeah. a bit of bread stuff. So he's got some auto <laughs> drive function. If you're going to have a sauce, it's got to be piccalilli, right? Piccalilli. Oh, You've got to do piccalilli. But, yeah. um, but yeah. Okay, so not, that would get messy in the car. That's not that food, is it? <laughs> Just a little jar not. sitting in his cup holder. Let me do that. It's actually right, yeah, in the cup holder. Dunking it. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that's a sit there. Just turns up and the suit goes all day. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> not, the, not the food of choice. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, that is, that yeah. is it. I mean, considering we've rabbit it on now for over an hour that is pretty good going good luck editing that yeah good luck let's um but yeah i will end by as you always thank you very much for being uh being on the podcast uh charlie what a great insight i mean i was looking forward to this one for a long time because i was like did you mention when you said Get some from Southampton. I was like, yes, please, because yeah. one, I want to go to the ground, yeah. <laughs> and two, I want an insight into yeah, into football. So it has been so interesting, and we could talk for ages, but we have already talked for about. I've loved it. it. I've loved it. We've been on your journey today from Southend to Southampton. You got it right by the end. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. I've said Southampton ten times in a row. Yeah, you have, yes, first go five on. minutes. We're wow. dodgy. We'll keep the Southend now. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Though it's been a lot. No, fun. I really appreciate. it. No, really appreciate you coming great. down. It's been yeah, good. Thank you. It's been awesome. No worries at all.